And welcome back, everyone, to D and D Outdoors. Stay on the show. We're just we're just gonna chit chat, talk about some to- topics. We're gonna dive into episode fifty nine, which was my math is correct three episodes ago, which was our great debate episode part one. So we're gonna dive into what y'all thought about some of the topics we debated. Who won the debate? Obviously, yours truly. Actually, no, I did not. I think most people side with Dustin. Um, but anyways, that's not important there. Um, so, yeah. D&D Outdoors is brought to you by Hitless Seeds. It's that time of year, man. Getting ready your food plots ready for uh, the upcoming season. This is going to be actually my first year of using Hitless Seeds as well. Even even making a food plot. So I'm excited to give them a try. So, yeah, head on over to hitlessseed.com and get yours today. The great debate, Dustin. Do you remember the topics? Vaguely. Vaguely. <laughs> so our first topic of the great debate was, we're not going to take too much time to discuss this either, was drone recovery for wildlife. Dustin was for it. I was against it. You know, there was mixed, we put a poll up on Instagram and Spotify. It was kind of mixed reviews. A lot of people said that – is that your Siri going off? No. No. I thought I heard your Siri go off. A lot of people said – look, I got him shook now. Government's <laughs> listening to him. Got some interference in there on him. <laughs> um, a lot of people did say that drone recovery should be used because you should use everything to do to get your animal. but. They also people who were, were saying, but some of the people said that you should be able to use it to get an animal because you need to do everything to do to get the animal. And other people are saying that said that were like, well, you really shouldn't go hunting if you need a drone to get a deer. Um, a lot of you know, out of it, there was sixty six percent of the people were against using drones to recover deer, and thirty three percent were for it. Huh. Even the people that said it should be used to, um, for the ability, because you need to do all the abilities to recover your animal, they still voted against it. Now, the ones that said that. Uh, the ones that said they were for, the ones that said they were for it had a mask on a little blue and yellow flag in their bio. The, the ones that said that, uh, you shouldn't need a, a drone and all. It, it, it's sometimes that, you know, you do lose a blood trail. Uh, I've done that a few times. I've actually had to call in some friends that enjoy tracking, and I've seen him on his hands and knees, and it looked like a coal miner's helmet all trying to look. And, and bringing a drone in or some type of night vision that tracks that heat, I think, is a... a Good idea if you have it available. I know a lot of people use dogs in Texas right. on the big ranches. I think I think the thing, the main thing with the drone thing was what we talked about: just how many drones do you want in the sky during hunting season, messing up your hunt. Well, if you run a dog through the woods, it's going to mess up your hunt too. I guess that's true. We didn't think of that one. So it, it's oh. drone and a dog is pretty much the same tool. It's just one's in the air and one's on the ground. 
One's that's using snows and the other one's using is it thermal? Yeah, it's thermal is what they use. Okay. And the ones that I watch. I mean, hey, the video we posted for that, did you see the guy had the deer flying through the air taking it to the butchers? That was yeah. crazy. Oh, man. And then our second topic was, should states get funding if they go against the North American model? So, what, what do you think the results of this one was? An astounding, yes, they should. 100% of the people said, no, the state should not get funding if they go against the North American model, even if it's done by voters. I was I was really? shocked. I'm not going to lie. I did think there'd be some people that would be for it, but no, no one was for it. And everybody pretty much said the same thing, screw those states, you know, um, that we shouldn't be putting resources that pro-hunting organizations make to conserve wildlife in states that are going against the conservation efforts of the state. So you won that one. You got 100%. <laughs> you know, I think I, I would learn by now to go against you. What? It might have been the first time in my life I got 100% on a test. Yeah, look at that. You didn't even know it. <laughs> Ooh, Did I get one of the little Apple stickers? Yeah, you get a... Uh, Get a participation trophy nowadays. Oh. <laughs> oh my Lanta. Yeah, I, I was surprised with that result. Um I didn't think it would be a hundred percent, but it actually was more than one person voting in both all the polls, which was nice. There's actually a good amount of people, so it's pretty good representation. One thing I did find interesting were the people that were you can see who voted, so you can kind of creep on their profiles where the people that voted for the drone recovery of deer were all located on the East Coast. Really? Mm-hmm. None of the, all the people that voted no. I mean, not all, but there was no one. People from the East and West Coast voted, but all the people that voted yes for drone recovery of deer were on the East Coast. Way to go, East Coast. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn. I should have had a uh, 3 a.m. drop of votes in there, but that didn't happen. <laughs> oh boy oh lord and d so what you got some topics for me dustin you got some topics for us to go over today dustin yeah, yeah, show today. Yeah. i got a few yeah. that i've been playing with here the last few weeks you moving to texas and all you're moving away from arizona you're gonna be changing hunting terrain pretty much right um yeah terrain and style so what is like not, the not, not like the, camouflage style, but how you hunt. Right. So what do you think the best caliber for this new region is gonna be for you? I'm still staying with my three hundred Weatherby. Uh, really? Just because as again I know, I've used it for on all my hunts, except my Havelina honey's thirty out six just because I didn't want to completely blow the Havelina up. Um but from, I mean, you're still taking big game animals. You're still taking deer. You're still taking, you know, you're not taking elk. But, you know, the 300 Weatherby has a powerful punch. And it also, um, you know, you're still shooting long distances. You know, you're out of the uh, box stand or box blind food stand. Um, I'm a big what, 300 guy. 
And I think, you know, the important thing for me is being comfortable with the gun, especially now I'm hunting a new area. Um, but also, you aren't... A 300 Weatherby is good for, I mean, essentially long and short ranges. But being in that middle range, I know I can dial back. You know, I'm not going to be shooting the... I don't 185 range anymore. I'm probably going to drop down to 165 just because I'll be shooting a lot closer. But I don't really know a different gun, honestly, to use. I mean, I guess you could use a 270 or 30-06, but um, I just like my 300 Weatherby. I mean, that could change after my first hunt, though, too, you know. And if I still need to get that distance, have a gun for distance just in case. I think the deer hunts out here, you know, you're in a box blind or you could be shooting across the dang farm field. So I still want to have that distance where I know the bullet's not going to drop as much and still right. pack a punch. Hmm. So that's what I'm sticking with. The only thing I'm changing gun-wise is I am going to be purchasing a pump action shotgun instead of an over-under. Okay. Just because there's more volume of birds coming in. Right. So it's you want to get those three shots off instead of just the two. Okay. That's really the main gun that I'm changing. Okay. What do you have to say about that? So you like thirty calibers? Yes. Okay. I like okay. things that make big booms and shoot straight. And all, I, honestly, I, though, I've only shot thirty calibers. I've not hunted with anything else besides so thirty out six to three hundred Weatherby. I bounce back, obviously. If if I'm at home and I'm hunting my place, I'll I'll use a 243. Uh, I've actually, my pig right here, I I shot that with a 243. But most most of the time, lately, when we go out, we hunt other places, I've been carrying a 308. Okay. So That's, that's actually funny that you brought the pig up. Well, would you because I'm going to be using I remember using a two two three for the pigs out here. Okay, <laughs> is that not a good idea? See, this is the thing. Like, I'm learning. You know, two two threes in Virginia, we can't hunt big game with. Oh, pigs are just considered nuisance out here, so you can't hunt big games either out here with it. But pigs aren't considered a game animal. We we have pigs here. They don't want to claim we have pigs here, but we have pigs here, and, and, and I'm pretty sure that they'd let you shoot with two, two, three. Uh, I would like to take a a deer with a two, two, three, but I'm gonna have to go out of state for that, just because Virginia won't let me. Really? Is that, yeah, I can do it, but when you have a camera over your shoulder, it's kind of hard to do something illegal. Yeah, you mean like me thinking about claiming Arizona, even though I live in Texas, but we talk about me living in Texas all the damn time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, trust me, that thought did cross my mind at one point. But we're honest people, so we don't do stuff like that. But no, I think, I think especially because I mean, from what I've watched in videos, obviously people are just, there's so many damn pages. You know, right. you just got to spray them. So, I mean, so, but I no, I think it's going to be different. We're going to talk to me probably after my first time here. I'm like, yeah, I'm changing a whole new gun. 
over this weather. Wow, the weather bees what I've hunted with pretty much my whole life, too. So and I think there's that comfortability with it. And that's the thing. If you're comfortable with the gun, I think it – because everybody's always oh, – two forty three is a kid's or women's caliber. But I can take that gun. I, I remember doing the pig hunt. Everybody's saying something about a two forty three angle do nut, blah, blah, blah. It was guys down there with three seventy five H and H's. I mean, what? Yeah, you, you put that if you could take that bullet and put it where you want it, you can take an animal no problem. It's deer have been yeah, killed with twenty two magnums. Yeah, everything's effective. Just got you have to be comfortable with it. And I put a ninety five grain silver tip bullet right between uh, right behind his ear. Well, that's the way to do it. Didn't mess no uh, yeah. up. Dropped it. Didn't didn't even have to track it. Just right there. Oh, that's cool. That makes it a lot easier. I, yeah, and I think that's the most important thing. As long as you're comfortable with the gun you're using, and I think that's the issue that we see nowadays is when people come out west and take those five six hundred yard shots. They bought a whole new gun just to do that shot, and that's the first time they're shooting it outside of a shooting range where they probably went the day before to scope it in and get a couple shots off. As long as you're comfortable with that gun, I think it. By 300 Weatherby, I know that. Back of my hand, where the crosser needs to be at, what yardage, everywhere. You know. And the 308, it's. Let's see. Um, killed my ram with the 308. He killed his pig with the 308. And I killed the buffalo with the 308. Yeah, they're great. I mean, the only thing I like the 30 out 6 just because it's. My uncle gave it to me before he passed away, but he—it's not because it's set of man. Well, maybe it is, but he had that thing tricked out. Like has the whole fancy scope system on that you just the plane with gear yard gear yardage, and it's a really expensive gun. I like that, but to say I've shot my pig with it, but I'm just more comfortable with a 300 Weatherby. Okay, we'll see. We'll see after hunting season this year. Hell, I don't know if I can afford to go with what they charge out here in Texas. <laughs> yeah, want to go, go on a four hundred dollar prairie dog hunt? Five star lodging? No, no, I don't. Aren't those nuisance animals? Yeah, well, see, that's see, that's what's happened in Texas. Is people are so desperate to hunt? There's no public land to hunt. You can charge pretty much for whatever you want now. You don't even. They will eat. show. Up. You don't even eat them things, do you? No, it has a plague. The buying plague the prairie dogs carry. Okay. Well, I was thinking I mean, size-wise, they ain't that, that big anyway, are they? No. They big? No, yeah. It's, I don't know. But, yeah. But there, there wouldn't be hunting outfitters offering those hunts during their off-season if there wasn't a demand for it. <laughs> that's crazy yeah oh my goodness yeah so wait we'll see i mean hopefully so the guy the guy the property i'm going to start working for the guy he has a mule deer on it but he already told me i can't shoot the damn deer on his property because there's not a so i think i'm gonna be stuck huh come on right off the back that you can't shoot them yeah 
hey, but he's letting me hunt his property for birds and everything else, so I can't complain too much. Yeah. You know, and all I have to do is put in some sweat equity into it. And maybe some hitless so, seeds I told him I'd get. So he's not letting you hunt any deer on the property? No. There's not enough deer out here for it. Um, okay. Anyways, in Texas, your mule deer has to have a 20-inch spread across for it to be legal. Um, and a mule deer hunt out here. That's You thought white tail hunt was expensive? I don't even want to see. How much is a mule deer West Texas hunt? Because there's not many mule deer in the state of Texas. They're only really in this area in the southwest Texas. Um, so let's see. I'm just going to take a quick gander here. A mule deer hunt. This is going to be just the first one I see. Yeah, but there's a lot of rules. But he told me. I mean, I'm fine with it. You know, it's maybe someday when I build that trust with him, he will allow me to um, to uh, hunt it. But all right, this guy doesn't have the prices on his. Just as mule deer hunt guide. So yeah, if you don't have private land, you got to pay for a guide or buy the tag. Um, let's see. Let's try this one. So, holy crap! Um, so you know it's expensive. One. None of them have the prices on this site. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna try one more one more way here. I'm looking for that. Save you can't, you gotta save money for a uh, mule deer hunt. Get yourself some old glory beef jerky made right here in the US of A. We will be doing a Facebook live tasting of our first time of the old glory beef jerky of us trying it in the next couple of weeks so we'll put a facebook thing out for that all right a trophy mule deer hunt that's actually not too bad okay so 46 four thousand six hundred dollars to start out so as so if you want this is going to be for how many days 36 two meals per day Painting stations, traditional hunting equipment, rifle cannot be guaranteed. Um, so it doesn't say the amount of days. In additional days, it starts at two hundred twenty-five a day. If the if you want non-hunting guests, are three hundred fifty dollars. So we start at four thousand six hundred dollars. That's just the base pay, right? If you want a deer up to 120 inches, you're going to have to add $625 to that, $4,600. So now we're already up to $5,000. You want a 136 to 139, you're going to be up, you're going to add $1,250. If you want a 160 to 169, I'm skipping everything in between. It pretty much goes up $500 for each 10, every 10 inches. So. If you want to get a 190 or above mule deer, that's going to cost you roughly $9,000. Before your tip and gratuity, because, you know, you got to do that. So, yeah. So, you're looking at, you know, that's before you buy the tag, your hunting license on in Texas. 
No, that's just about $10,000 deer. That's before you get the taxidermy done. That's before if you want to, um, if you want to, uh, have it, um, processed for meat, you know, all in all, an easy ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 when it's all sent, then I would say. On a mule deer. On a mule deer. I'm looking at that place that Adam killed his pig at. Cow elk. $3,200. A bull elk is $7,700. And that, that's the most expensive thing I got there. How much is a bull elk, did you say? $7,700. $7,750. Red stag is $7,000. That's pretty close out here. Let's see here. Bull elk hunt in Texas. Well, about the same price out there. So they even get all dads out here for four thousand. That's about what it is out here. So it looks like the only thing is mule deer out here. And like you have to pay like eight hundred dollars to go turkey hunting. Uh, inside their fenced in area for two turkeys is fifteen hundred dollars. Outside for two turkeys is two thousand. Interesting. Yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah. Got, well, that's why I'm hope. That's why I'm hoping. Buffalo. Uh, all dad. Black buck, antelope, axis deer, fallow deer, Sitka deer, all kind of rams, hogs. So it's pretty similar than price rise out here then. To what y'all have, I would say outside of the uh, um, mule deer, and all that includes a three-day hunt with all your meals and tags and everything included. Yeah, I should say that everything is a tag and lodging with everything included with ours, with the prices I was giving you as well. Um. Oh, Lord. What's the next thing you got for me, Dustin? Well, it kind of blew this one out the water when you said you ain't going to be hunting no deer, but it was going to be... I am going to go deer hunting. Well, you can't hunt on that dude's place. I'm going to pay. Oh, I'm expensive to headline outdoors. Oh, <laughs> can you Can you give me the expense department? I can send you my credit card. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, I, I'm going to do a... Um, a white tail hunt. I, I'm going to try to um, wait and get one of the cancellation hunts because they're usually a lot cheaper. Okay. Okay. And so, a lot, since a lot of the white tail hunts are around here that that they'll have, I'm going to try to find a cancellation hunt before and go on that. So I'm planning on doing a deer hunt this year, but I'm just not spend, planning on spending six seven thousand dollars on the deer hunt. I'm planning to spend maybe three four at most. Yeah. Next I, question is going to be. Uh, do you gut the animal in the field or you wait till you get it back to the cooler or the processors or the lodge or whatever? Um, I say it depends. Now, this is why hunting in Arizona in the summertime or fall, you're getting it in the field because the meat will spoil. Right. Um, it also depends where you're at. You know, um, you get back be- in that country a little bit, I would think that you're cutting it up and everything to haul it out. Yeah. So, 
that unless there's a koozie because those you can just pull the guts out and throw it over your shoulder they're about 90 pounds um so i think it depends on the conditions if i can drive a tractor up to it or have an atv to pull it into back and it's cool enough out i won't gut it but if it's like a big elk or it's hot i'm gonna get it right then there to save the meat um and i don't know most processors charge you to gut it anyway charge you extra if they work if you have to gut it so i wouldn't i wouldn't have a processor dude i like i'll gut my own animal um but yeah i definitely will try to do it in the field if needed every time it's also easier like that pig i drove back to, i hauled back to camp i didn't gut it because it was cold enough and i pulled it up in a tree it would just been easier to do in the tree in the field and dragging that big old thing back to camp i 95 percent of the time if i'm at home I'll go ahead and cut it right there because it, it, it's lighter. I can handle it better. It's been once or twice that it was just so late and I was getting tired, so I just threw it in the back of the truck. I think I made Adam gut it when I got home. Yeah. Whatever. But some of the hunts that I've been on it, it, is they don't want you gutting it in the field. They don't want the guts out there like that. They actually have a, a compost bin or a pile or they – they discard them in other ways. Is that so um, more pre- for predators don't come in? That, and I think they, they want, uh, I, I understand the compost pile. Uh, one place was saying, yeah, that they are trying to control the predators out of the hunting areas. And they're trying, they, they dump it in other areas to keep them more in that, that area. So that makes you know, sense. They were feeding alligators with it too, so I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, no, I plan. Yeah, no, I plan. We'll see what they do out here. I mean, hopefully, I can get drawn for something this year in one of my twenty states I plan to, so I don't have to go. <laughs> so I can just go hunt some state this year on public land and not have to go figure out this whole private land stuff out here. But if you are a private outfitter in Texas, West Texas, preferably, because I don't really want to drive across the damn state, state <laughs> you want you want some free airtime, we'll have you come on the show for a discounted hunt. You can come talk to all of our, all of our listeners. Yeah. I'm not asking for anything for free. See, you see, I'm not one of those people that say, hey, give it to me for free. It's just going to work out a little deal on the side. You know, maybe maybe charge me for the 140-inch the price for a 150-inch deer. I don't know. Figure it out. But yeah, definitely would love to have one of you guys on the show. I'm actually I'm gonna reach out to some too when uh it gets closer to uh crane season out here for the sandhill cranes just because I think it'd be interesting to hear one of the crane uh, guides talk about what crane hunting entails. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, um, did you know it's closer from El Paso, Texas to California than it is from El Paso, Texas to the other side of Texas? Really? Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Yeah, Texas is a big state. I'm starting to learn. Yeah, you don't drive across that, then. No. No. That's why I said you're in West Texas, East Texas. I'll be a plane flight, probably. But we will see. Well, so you got anything else for us? Oh, let's see. Since you're talking about hanging up animals, 
Are you one of those that puts it head up or head down when you hang it? Head down, obviously. I, mean, I, don't, the, I don't know the disadvantage, the advantage of it, but I feel head down. Just I don't know. It just makes sense. It's easier to for me to work higher up than lower down when you're trying to gut it and stuff. I, I, I also am a head down person. I, I, Look, are you my long lost brother? Maybe. We're green on everything today. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> the head up thing, it just, you got to rope it. It, it, it looks like it's hard to get all the meat up around the neck area with it like that. Well, that and if you're going to like save the head or the antlers, I feel it's right more protected of it, not hanging it up, stretching the neck, skin, and all that up when you're trying to get something taxidermy. Um, and I feel like for some reason in my head, I'm picturing like, it head up, the blood's flowing upwards, not down, but I don't know. That's just one of my crazy thoughts. Yeah, that's one of your crazy thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Some man. people talk about the, the way the blood drains in the body and all. That, that head down, all the blood will drain down to the head where the less desirable cuts are versus hit up would drain it into the, the the back hams and stuff like that. It, it, I've heard a lot of different both sides of the story, really. It, it, it's I guess it's a preference thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say it's a preference. It's one of those things where I guess it's probably how you got taught. Going back to, like, what gun am I going to shoot out here? It's the one I'm most comfortable with. You know, it's just probably how you were raised on gun and animals. Most of the time, though, I mean, I just do it right there on the, like for deer and elk, I don't even hang them. I just do them right there on the ground. The Havilina, my javelina was the first one I hung. Okay. And that's just because it looked cool, I thought, when I saw other people <laughs> do it. I'm not going to lie. I would not do it again that way. It was too hard for me because the thing kept spinning like a damn pinata. It was just staying the ass. You, uh get like your front legs that are sticking out and you either put them between your legs and hold them with your knees or put them on your side and kind of hold it when you're working. That would have made sense instead of me just yeah. like a pension bag. Yeah, Maybe I, I'll I've, try it again. I've tried that with the, some of the deer and the thing gets to twirl and then on. Yeah, you just got to block his legs when it's sticking out. Yeah, it was happening with the Havelina. I was like, oh my goodness. I was getting so frustrated <laughs> on it. Oh, Lord. You got anything else for us today, Dustin? Since we're talking about hanging up animals, what's your favorite cut of a deer? I'm trying to think of what it's called. Oh crap! What's it's like right above the back rib cage, uh, the, the back strap. Back, jeez, the back strap. I knew that. That or the heart. Heart won't bad. I like the heart stuff with some garlic, some onions. I have bocce it up. Ooh, that sounds good. Anyway, put put it over some fried rice. 
little yum yum sauce. Yeah. yeah, I'd say backstrap or the heart. I got a. It, it, it's the uh, bottom sirloin, I believe. If the deer is hanging up in his hind quarters, right in there, it's a chunk of meat. It's about like that, and you just see them grooves in it. It 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 reminds you of a brisket almost. Really, and that's. Ooh. I will save them out of it. I will save the back straps and the tenderloins, and pretty much everything else on the deer. I'll grind up. Yeah, you yeah. salt, pepper, garlic, maybe a little paprika. Put it on a smoker. That sounds good. Now I'm hungry again. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord i am a hungry one now well thank you guys very much for listening to us today on the and the outdoors we we're going to call this the great debate part two but i think the better title for this is this or that what do you think dustin no matter what we name it i think Just everybody a- should go on wherever they're listening or instagram or facebook and tell us their choices and all these items. Yes. Yeah, we'll put some more polls up as well. So, well, for you guys to vote on. And we thank you guys very much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at DND Outdoors. You could also, I forgot to say this the last couple of weeks, I'm really failing at life. You can find us on Patreon as too on DND Outdoors. You can get yourself some cool t shirts or just, I don't know, whatever the Patreon does. Um, be sure to like and subscribe to us on this podcast we really appreciate y'all and if you're heading to work it will be over soon